there was a group of expecting fathers waiting in a waiting room. While their wives were inside the ultrasound checkup for the first time, they're all anxiously waiting to see a, you know, if they're, if they're pregnant and or not. A few minutes later, the nurse comes out and talks to the first man who was sitting on the chair. He's like, congratulations, you will be a dad. And he's so excited, happy, he's, yes. But she goes on to say, you know what? You're going to be a father of twins. And he's very, very happy. He's thrilled. And he's like, thank you so much. This is exciting. But you know, what a coincidence. Um, I play at the Minnesota Twins, and I got twins. <laughs> very interesting. And he's very excited. He couldn't hide his joy. And a few minutes later, the nurse comes back and then talks to the second person, second man sitting on the chair. So like, congratulations, you'll be a dad. And he's very excited, very happy. And she goes on to say, you know what? You're going to have triplets. <laughs> and he's like, wow, that's great. But how are we going to handle all three kids? Very, very excited, but very um, shocked at a, at, at, a, at a time. And he goes on to say, you know what? It's very interesting. What a coincidence. I work for 3M, and I got triplets. <laughs> and they were all talking. By this time, the man on the third chair, he falls up to the ground. And they were all rushing to him. It's like, hey, man, what's going on? Are you okay? And the man is complete shocked on his face, and he can't even talk. Like, hey, man, get, get, get up. What's going on? What's wrong? And he says, oh, man, I work for 7-Up. <laughs> <clears throat> Do we experience coincidences in our lives? Yeah, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. And you happen to see, like, wow, what a coincidence. Things happen in our lives, right? But then as Christians, we have a different name for coincidences. What do we call them? We call them blessings. Yes, blessings. Or we call them God's Providences. <laughs> same thing, same thing. Providences are blessings. That's what we call them. Uh, the Bible is full of those stories. Just to name a few, Eliezer, uh, Abraham's servant who went looking for um, his master's son's wife, like daughter-in-law. Um, he goes and he finds who? Rebecca. It sounds like it was a complete coincidence, right? He goes and he prays, God, I need to find my master's son's wife. I'm not him. I don't know his taste. I don't know what, I mean, if I were to bring a girl, what if he doesn't like her? What do I do? He prays, and then the first girl that comes to the well is Rebecca. But because he prayed, she was the right one. It sounds like a complete coincidence, but on the other hand, it is God's providence. God was leading her to that event. How about, um, how about Esther and King Ahasuerus and Mordecai, that story? You know how the story goes? Um, <clears throat> Mordecai doesn't bow to Haman, and Haman hates him, and he wanted to kill him. But the night that... Um, Mordecai was about to be killed. The night before, Haman set up the pole to hang him on the pole. He did, and he's like, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to go to the king and get him, uh, ask him for the permission so I can get rid of him. 
That night, King Ahasuerus cannot sleep. He has insomnia. And he's like, okay, you know what? Why don't you bring the record book of the palace and, and have, read it to me? And they're reading the story, and they find out that Mordecai found out about um, the event that, that the guys were about to kill the king, and they didn't reward Mordecai for it. Like, okay, what, we, what did we do? We didn't do anything for him. So the, they, he exposed the conspiracy, but he wasn't rewarded. And it's like, what can I do? It's like, you know what? I have an idea. Whoever comes in first next morning, I'm going to ask him what to do. And he gets up next morning, and he's waiting for someone to come in. And who comes in? Haman walks into the door. And Haman is about to say, king, I have a favor to ask. But then the king says, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I have something to ask you first. And he goes on, there is, if there is someone that I want to reward and honor, what should I do? Haman thinks, oh, that's got to be me. And he says all the things that he wants to do. He wants to be rewarded, right? And that is who? It's for Mordecai. And the king says, you know what? That's Mordecai. Go ahead and find Mordecai and do exactly what you said. <laughs> At that, Mordecai is honored, and um, Haman is like, oh, man, what's going on? That story sounds like a complete coincidence, but it's God's providence leading his way. How about Joseph sold, into, sold as a slave into Egypt? Because of that, there is a great history of Israel happened. And this story that we are about to talk about, King Josiah, is another story. It sounds like a coincidence, but in the end, it's a providence of God. I'm going to be reading from 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 3 and 3 to 5. It says... 2 Kings 22, verses 3 to 5. In the 18th year of his reign, King Josiah sent the secretary, Shaphan, son of Azaliah, the son of Mushalam, to the temple of the Lord. He said, go up to Hilkiah, the high priest, and have him get ready the money that has been brought into the temple of the Lord, which the doorkeepers have collected from the people. Have them entrusted to the man appointed to supervise the work on the temple, and have them have the, these men pay the workers who repair the temple of the Lord. So here is the story of King Josiah repairing, rebuilding the temple. What happens is this: now, King Josiah was he a good king or a bad king? was a good king. Yes. It was a good king. Yes. He was a good king. And if you know the genealogy or the history, King Josiah, his father is Amon. King Amon's father is King Manasseh. King Manasseh's father is Hezekiah. So Hezekiah is the king, good king or bad king? Good king. Mainly good king. But because his life he was going to die, and he said, like, God, you can't kill me now. Please extend my life. And he prays, and the sun goes back 15 degrees, and, and his life is expended for 15 more years. And that, that, that's that king. And during that 15 years, who was born? King Manasseh was born. 
the wicked, the worst, the, the worst possible king ever was born. And he reigned for the longest time, one of the longest periods in the kingdom of Judah. And he reigned for 55 years, and he did the wicked things. He turned his, their, the, people of, the hearts of the people from God to idols, and he did the worst possible thing in history. His son, um, Amon, also reigned for two years, but he was very wicked as well. But his son, Josiah, was a very good king. And he, be, he uh, started ruling when he was only eight because his dad, the bad king, was assassinated, and he um, took his place. But this man, Josiah, was a very righteous man, and he was doing what God told him to do, just like uh, his forefather or his grandfather, great-great-great-grandfather David did. So basically, he repaired the temple of the Lord. And while he was repairing the temple of the Lord, what did he find? In verse 8, Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the secretary, I have found the book of the law in the temple of the Lord. He gave it to Shaphan who read it. Then Shaphan the secretary went to the king and reported to him, Your officials have paid out the money that was in the temple of the Lord and have entrusted to the workers and supervisors at the temple. Then Shaphan, the secretary, informed the king, Hilkiah, the high priest, has given me a book. So Shaphan read, it, read from it in the, pre, in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. So here the story goes. Hilkiah, the high priest, found, the Bible says, the first time the Bible says, the book. So the book of the law sounds like what? The book of the law, which is Torah. That's what it sounds like. But when he gave it to his secretary, Shaphan, he read it and he reports it to the king and says in verse 10, or in verse 7 or 8, says, I found, or Hilkiah found a book, a scroll, meaning a scroll. And when he read it, what did the king do? He tore his robes. So let's, let's study this out and, and find out what's happened, what's going on here. So this, the book that he found, it's not the whole Torah. It is a portion of the Torah, especially Deuteronomy 28 to 31, which is what? The chapters of curses and blessings. So this is just before Moses died, he, he reports, he, he summons his people and the children of Israel and says, this is what God tells you. Please listen to God's instructions. And if you go and read it, basically it says, if you listen to the Lord, if you listen to his commands, God is going to bless you in the city, out of the city. God is going to bless your womb, your children, everything, your, your food, your crops, everything will be blessed. If you read on, but if you do not listen to God, if you disobey God's commands, the same thing will happen but in a curse. God is going to curse you in the city, out of the city, your children, your, everything will be cursed. That's exactly what's written. And that copy is supposed to be kept by the Ark of the Covenant inside the temple. And when the high priest, or the priests, when people come to temple, they are to read it to people. And the king is supposed to read and listen to the instructions and tell his people and rule from it. But that book, that scroll, had been found 
which means before it was found, it was lost. For how long? For how long? Now, let's try to guess. So, Josiah was a good king, and he found the scroll. His dad, Ammon, was a bad king. Do you think he, he was paying attention to the scroll or the instructions? No. He ruled for two years. How about his dad, Manasseh, who was a really, really bad king, who didn't really care for any of the instructions of the Lord, who reigned for how many years? 55 years. His dad, um, King Hezekiah, which was a good king, and he... Let me just read the, the quotation from uh, Ellen White from Patriarchs, Prophets and Kings, page 392. It was the observance of the statutes recorded by Moses, especially those given in the Book of the Covenant, which forms a part of Deuteronomy, that had made the reign of Hezekiah so prosperous. But Manasseh had dared set aside these statutes and during his reign, the temple copy of the book of the law, through careless neglect, had become lost. Thus, for many years, the people generally were deprived of his instruction. So from what time? Time of Manasseh. So it's been decades, possibly 50, 60 years, it's been lost. Well, the scroll was found in the 18th year of um, King Josiah's reign. So it's been about 60 years or so that people have never heard God's instructions. The key source of blessing and curse. No wonder why the country is doing so poor. During, time, during the time of Hezekiah, the country was doing so prosperous because they were following the instructions of the Lord, the command. But that had been completely lost, and they don't know why the enemies are coming. They don't know why there is famine in the land. They, didn't, they don't know why there is a plague going around the people. But now they found the reason why. No wonder King Josiah is touring his robe. All this time, we've been trying without knowing. There is a distinct instruction of God what to do and how to be blessed. We completely ignored it. And it was there the whole time. Where? In the temple. It's not like it was gone. It was lost forever. It was there, sitting under something, dusted. And they didn't know about it. That's why he was tearing his robes. Was it a coincidence that he found instruction, the scroll of the law? I don't think so. This man wanted to do what God wanted him to do. He was honest. He was faithful. He was following the footsteps of King David, and God led him through the events. But you know what? Think about it. What was the event that led him to find the scroll? What, was, what were they doing before they found the book, found the scroll? They were repairing the temple. Let's just pause and imagine for a minute. You come to church in the morning, doors busted, windows broken, doors cannot lock. You walk into the sanctuary, there is a leak on the roof, and the carpet is all flooded. And 
the pews are all damaged, the bathroom leaking, uh, and the rooms are all mess, in a mess. You walk, to, you walk into the church, what needs to be done? It needs to be fixed. Now, you want to fix it, but you have no money. What are you going to do? People still come to church, but then there's a hole in the church, there's leak on the roof, bathroom's broken, sink is not working, it's all a mess. You got to fix it. But just like that, Josiah wanted to fix the temple, but the country was doing so poorly, they didn't have any money to fix it. So what did they do? He had an idea. Okay, let's collect love offering. So he made a basket, a collecting offering, in front of the temple. So when people come in, they would drop coins, a little bit of money. It's not like a, a lot of donation. Just a little bit of money, one, a little bit at a time. They will collect a little bit, little by little. They will collect money. And when there was enough money, they will go ahead and fix it. But before that time, what happened was that they collect money and people were like, oh, there's money. And the priests or other people go and steal the money and just, just take off. They couldn't repair the building. But Josiah said, you know what? We got we to do this. And he found a system where they could collect money and now they gave it to the people that can trust the money and they started repairing the church or the temple. When they did that, they found the book. Now, let's think about it again. When they repaired the temple, they found the scroll which brought reformation in the whole country. Is there something, the temple, what does it mean in our lives? The physical building temple of the Lord is the temple, of, temple in Israel. It was, now it's gone, but it was there. What is the temple that has been run down, that has been ruined in our lives? Is there something that we need to work on? Something that we need to repair? Something that we need to fix? What would that be? Would that be your family worship? Would that be your prayer life? Would that be our devotion? What would that be? When we do that, what's going to happen? When we repair our temple in our lives, then God is going to lead us to find the scroll where it will bring about reformation in our lives. Do you want to do that, friends? It is no coincidence that King Josiah found the scroll. It is rather a divine appointment. It is a divine appointment that God led him to find the scroll that was been, that's been lost for decades, where he read it, and he reformed the whole country. He goes around, he breaks down the idols. He destroys the altar of the idol worship. He drives out, he kills, he gets rid of all the priests of the idol worship, and he reforms the church. And the country is doing well. After his reign, after he died, he dies in 609 B.C., and do you know when the country is captured? Babylon comes and takes over the country? According to Daniel chapter 1, Judah goes into captivity in 608. It's a matter of one or two years. The country, from where the country was doing so well under the 
under the government of King Josiah goes straight down to captivity. What does that tell you? God was holding off of Babylon coming and taking over. Well, that's the time prophecy that everything is all timed. But the way how God held off the country to do well, country to be taken over by Babylon, is when as long as, as long as King Josiah was there, as long as the good king was doing his reformation, keeping God's commandments, country was doing well. As soon as he died, bam, the next king comes, shoo, the country goes down, they're sold into captivity, taken over into captivity in the matter of a year or two. The leader of the church, leader of family, leader of a nation plays that kind of important role. If you do follow God's commands, then your country, your family, your church will do well. But if you do not follow the commands that God gave you, then it's a matter of moments, seconds, years that it could go down. What do we need to do? Is it a coincidence that everything happened like that? In 1948, in October, there was a young pastor that came into a church. It was a huge church, used to be boast, used to boast of its it's a huge building and its grandeur. It used to be a giant building, had lots of members. But when he came, the church was old, run down, all broken. Since it was October, he only had a couple months, a few months until Christmas, and he wanted to repair the church and have a nice Christmas program for the whole church and for the community. So he started to repair the church. They worked on their repair, they fixed the walls and fixed everything they could. They worked very hard to repair, to prepare for the Christmas program. But just two days before Christmas, there was a storm, and it rained hard. And the roof leaked, and the water went through the wall, and the wall just absorbed, absorbed the water, the rainwater, and just collapsed. There was a huge hole in the wall. The pastor came into the church, now two days left to Christmas. It was so sad. There was no way they could fix the wall in time before the Christmas program on like the, the next day or on the Christmas day. And he was thinking, oh, what do we do? And he was just praying, what, God, what should we do? And he attended a, a, uh, uh, like a garage sale that the church youth were holding, uh, that nearby area. And he goes and he's looking for and supporting the group. And he finds a tablecloth about 16 feet wide, beautiful handmade tablecloth, thinking, you know what? I could probably hang that on the wall and cover up the hole for now <laughs> until we fix it. And he buys it at a, at a garage sale or like a yard sale. And he takes it to church. And that evening... And he's about to, he's done with his work, and he, he's about to head home. And as he locks up the church and he goes out on the street, he finds a strange woman or like a woman, like uh, someone that he's not familiar with, standing at the bus stop. And it was cold in the winter night, and the next bus isn't going to come another 30, in, in about 30 minutes. And he asks, why don't you go inside the church? Who are you? I'm the pastor of this church, and blah, blah, blah. Why don't you go inside and keep warm until the next bus comes? And she says, okay, sure. 
she's uh, from another country, her English is not that good, but after the conversation, he finds out that she is a refugee of uh, World War II, and she just came to the country not too long ago, and she moved into this town not too long ago, and her English was not good, and she was looking for a job. She was applying for a job as a nanny of a rich family right next door to church, but she couldn't get a job because of her, her poor English and whatnot. She couldn't get a job, and she was just going home. And she was in the back of the church. She was praying. Uh, and the pastor was like, you know what? I have another 30 minutes. Let me just go ahead and hang that curtain or the tablecloth on that wall so that I can cover it up. So he goes there while she's praying in the back or she's sitting and resting in the back. He goes and he's hanging that on the wall. And she comes up to the pastor right next to him. He's like, pastor, this tablecloth is mine. And the pastor goes like, well, I just bought it from the garage sale. <laughs> what are you talking about? And she says, no, 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 this is mine. I, I recognize this. I mean, this, this has been a long time, but this is mine. And she searches through, and then in the corner, why, I mean, like, yeah, there is her name written, imprinted in the, in the tablecloth. And she says, Pastor, I made this, handmade this years ago when, when I was living in Vienna, uh, Switzerland, Vienna, Austria, we were living there, and I made this tablecloth for my husband and, and I, and we would use this for, like, Christmas and special occasions. It's really well made. And the pastor was very, very touched. But she said, you know what? My husband and I lived there in Austria for a long, long time ago, um, but then World War II, when the Nazis would come and try to, like, we, we thought it wasn't safe. We wanted to run away from the country, but my husband said, you know what? It probably be better if you go first and I will go I'll follow you and he insisted so I left the country alone and then we got disconnected and I don't know what happened I heard he died in uh, in that country and I've been living alone all these years myself this reminds me of my family and our good memories and she was crying pastor was very touched let me give this back to you I mean this 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 is yours you have to have this. And she said, you know what? This is mine, but this looks better, nicer in the church. Let me just give it back to you. Pastor was like, okay, I need it for the wall anyways. Thank you. And he just hung it on the wall. <clears throat> and then she, she left to go home. Two days later, they had a beautiful Christmas program, and it was glorious, really nice program, nice music. People were very touched. As they were holding the service, at the end of the program, as the pastor was greeting everyone out the door, one of the old gentlemen comes and says, Pastor, thank you so much for the beautiful program today. But you know what? The tablecloth or the, the curtain that's hanging on the wall, that looks very familiar. That looks like that used to be mine. That was a long time ago when my wife and I were living in Vienna, Austria. The pastor had like goosebumps all over. Like, wait, what's your wife's name? <laughs> well, like, but she died a long time ago, and I've been living alone all, all by myself here. And he tells a story from his point of view, saying that, well, my wife and I used to live there, but because of the war, I sent her out, and <clears throat> I don't know what happened. We lost contact, and I couldn't find her, and I, I just heard that she was dead, and I've been living alone all this time. But that used to be my... 
our, our tablecloth. And pastor goes and shows the name imprinted in the back of the tablecloth. And he says, yeah, that's my wife's name. This is our tablecloth. And the pastor goes like, oh my goodness, what is this? And he goes to his next door, the rich family, finds out the information of, of the woman who just came for the interview. And he's like so excited. He takes this old gentleman to this finds, the, finds the, the woman's house and goes to the address. And this man can't even contain himself. Like, my wife is still alive. She's here. I'm going to meet her. When he knocked at the door, she came out, and they met there. And the pastor was behind, like, wow. Why did I buy the tablecloth? Why did I go to that garage sale? <laughs> Why did we have this Christmas concert? Why was there a storm just a few days before? Why was there a hole in the church? All coincidence, he thought. But then it was all God's divine appointment. You know, <clears throat> you may think little things that happen in, in your lives, maybe, you know what, this is just a coincidence. It could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. Whatever happens. You may think those are coincidences in our lives, but if you have the eyes of faith, those things all connect as stepping stones to a bigger event called God's providence. Josiah, when he was thinking, you know what, we, have, we need to repair the church, we need to repair this temple, we need to collect money, and we need to, give, we need to find right people to work on it, and high priests, all that event led to finding the which brought reformation to church. When we let God lead in our lives, when we open up our hearts and minds, say, you know what, God, I want you to take control of my lives and do something for me. Little events that happen in our lives, we'll, you'll find out those things will lead to a greater event where you can turn around and say, you know what, wow. God, you've been planning all this, all this time, and I didn't know it. But until you look back, you don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. So the little things that you may experience, encounter in your life, saying that, you know what, I'm so disappointed for this thing. I lost my job. I got sick. Something happened. Or something good happened. Oh, you know what, I got promoted. I, I'm, I'm moving into this. Okay, I'm getting married. Whatever events that happen in your lives, if you have the eyes of faith, those things will end up be God's leading path. What do you want to happen in your lives? Just a bunch of coincidences or God's providences or blessings in our lives? My wife and I met in the same church, in the same workplace. This is back in 2003 when I was done with my school uh, here in the States, and I went back home to Korea, and I was looking for a job. I was planning on going to work for the um, SDA Language Institute, but then my mom had a friend who knew somebody in one of the small per private institute in, in a small town in Korea. It's like, it was my first week after I came back from, from the States, like, well, son, why don't you go visit this place because my friends, someone, somebody that she knows is there. Why don't you go say hi 
and blah blah. It's like, okay, I'll just go and say hi. And I go and like, well, I don't know, I don't know anybody to this church. Well, I just went like late, like maybe 10 a.m. instead of 9:30. I show up at the church. I sat at the very back. I don't know anyone. I'm just sitting at the back. But <laughs> they found out like, oh, how how are you? You know, where are you from? Blah blah blah. Oh, I just came to came back from the states. I'm just here and just coming over the jet lag and whatnot. It's like, oh, you're from the States? Why don't you translate for us? Like, what? (laughs) That church happens to be an international church where they have a translation every week, the Korean and English, Korean and English. They had a translator, but somehow, someway, they found out that I'm from the States and they, like, put me up on the stage. And like, well, (laughs) so I just be on the stage and I was translating the sermon that day. And I went home. The next day, Sunday morning, the church members got together and they had a church early morning prayer meeting and like around nine o'clock. I wasn't even up like jet lag and nine in the morning Sunday. You know, I'm still in my sleep. My phone rings and I answer the phone and it's church members from that church. The head elder, the deacons, probably like seven, eight people, they all called me like in the same place. They called and they're like, okay, past, well, they call me pastor even though I wasn't. I, I studied theology, but um, I was looking for a job as a teacher. But they call me pastor anyway. So, pastor, we love you. Please come to our church. You're like, I, who are you? <laughs> the next person says, oh, pastor, we loved your translation. We need you here. Please come. After about seven, eight people, I was like, okay, okay, I'll go. <laughs> I just, I got dragged into that church. I got hooked and dragged into the church. And I was working, I started working instead of the church that I was, instead of the institute that I was supposed to go and work. About a year and four months later, my wife, now my wife, back then nobody, comes to church. (laughs) Comes to church. She came back from a language um, program in Canada. She comes back and she was looking for a job. She had, she was working for, she was, she already had arranged everything to work at another branch of the same institute that I was going to work. But because her friend was working at the place that I was working for about a year and a half now, she said, let me just go and visit. She comes to visit even though she had everything arranged in another place. She comes, the same director, director of the institute, like, oh, it'll be perfect if you come and work here and blah, blah, blah. She tells me she felt impressed to work in this place even though everything was already set up, even though they pay more, she somehow felt impressed to stay there and work. And the first four months, nothing happened. After four months, something clicked. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and then we started dating. <laughs> we got married. I thought it was a coincidence that I went to that church, then I got hooked, and I started working. She thought it was a coincidence that how she came to visit that church one day and she started working, even though the other job was paying her more. But guess what? Has she turned around and gone to the other job? You know what? This job pays more. Had I said, you know what? I don't know anybody there. I I was already planning on working there. Then we would not have met. So was it a coincidence? I think it was God's blessing, God's providence, leading us into the path where we could meet together. So the people that we talked about, like Josiah or Eliezer, or Mordecai, Esther, all those stories, all those people, they thought it was a coincidence. But when they listened to God, when they followed God's directions, 
those things happen to be God's blessing, God's providence. So do you want providences of God in your life? Do you want coincidences in your life? And I pray that you would pray to reform your church, your prayer life, your worship life, which will lead into reformation in your family, in your spiritual life, and in your church. How many of you want to have God's blessings and God's providences in your life? Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you that you are God who would lead our lives into a very particular way that we would not know it is God's hand until, until we really know it. Just like Albert Einstein said, coincidence, God's way of remaining anonymous. Lord, you intervene in our lives through the series of events. Looks like coincidences, but it is your hidden blessings. Help us to find those blessings where, it will, where those events will lead us into reforming our worship, reforming our prayers, reforming our lives. We would change our lives into eternity. Bless us so that we will have the eyes of faith where we would find the hidden treasures in our lives, working your hand working in our lives. Bless us, Lord. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise team, please.